do you have a beer or not no i didn't i could yeah maybe i will grab a beer as well i i was going to have a beer with you but unfortunately i have an assignment that i need to hand in at midnight and i have a three-hour zoom to the usa after this oh so i can't afford to have a beer but if you want to have a beer that's fine i know it's early for you but up to you yeah but maybe it will relax a bit i will i will have a one nearby just in case (laughs) okay i'll give you a minute (laughs) yeah okay thanks hello i'm alan hill In this podcast series of The Nostalgic Vagabond, we're talking travel, all kinds of travel, with all kinds of interesting people from all around the world. In conversation, we'll share personal anecdotes, tales of adventure, and maybe misadventure too. Listen in for some unique cultural perspectives, tips from seasoned veterans, and an array of diverse experiences that have contributed to many life-changing journeys. Travel really is a privilege. We know that now. And if we can't do it right this very moment, let's talk about it then. Hey, where are you right now? On this episode of the Nostalgic Vagabond podcast, I talk with Morgane Tony. Morgane is from France, but has moved to Canada where she works as a brewer in a rural brewery, kind of in the middle of nowhere, like a lot of Canada, one could argue. Being French, I expected Morgane to be into wines, but she's very much into beer which is due perhaps to spending a lot of time in Germany, studying, travelling, and of course drinking. Morgan and I met in Liverpool about five years ago, when she was travelling with her friend and fellow beer enthusiast, Mikhail. We enjoyed a real ale pub tour of the city, sampling many traditional and some unique beers. In conversation, Morgan shares a few places around the world, countries and specific regions she has visited, where she found the beer and culture to be interesting. We talk about beer tourism and how beer and culture might be related. Morgan shares of some particularly interesting experiences, in Norway for example, where they use juniper in their brewing process, which is unusual and something Morgan was intrigued by. Beer culture has exploded in the last decade or so, and now it's possible to get American-style IPA all over the place. These craft beers, and some bizarre beers, Heavy beers made with lactose and marshmallow even. Banana juice mixed with wheat beers, etc. It's pretty nuts. Morgan tells of some of her favourite places to enjoy a beer, typically outside, in a beer garden. But she's also very happy to take a beer on the terrace at her work and enjoy the view out to sea, providing it's not snowing, I suppose. Morgan shares the path which led her to becoming a brewer and made it to holding her position at Pit Caribou in Quebec. She's one of the few female brewers in the industry, but this is changing along with the times. I was interested to hear what thoughts Morgan had on how travel can influence her brewing creatively, and how she sees beer culture and the simple act of enjoying a beer as a way of breaking down barriers and finding accessible means to get to know people and make friends all over the world. Anyways, let's get to the conversation. Yeah. A regular blonde beer from my my brewery. <laughs> What's the name? Pit Caribou. And is there a, 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 a name for the actual type of beer or it's just blonde? Uh, this one is a Blonde de Lance because uh, the brewery is situated in Lance à Beaufis. Mm-hmm. So Lance is a, it's like a, a bay. But this one is just the Blonde de Lance. 
Blonde de Lance. Oui. <laughs> by Pete Caribou. Oui. Nice. Welcome, Morgan Tony, and thanks for coming on the Nostalgic Vagabond podcast. Hi, my pleasure. It's good to have you here. And can you tell me exactly where you are zooming in from right now? Uh, I'm right now in Quebec, in Canada, and in most, more precisely in the region of Gaspésie, in the far east of Quebec, along the Atlantic coast. And I have been living here for the past two and a half years, from February 2019. Mm, quite a rural setting, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. It's a 12-hour drive from uh, Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> But Morgan, you're originally from Lyon, I understand. And this is a city quite famous for its gastronomy, like the food and drink that's famous from that region of France. So I was curious, how do you think living there in Lyon, growing up there, has influenced uh, your ideas about the importance or the relationship between cuisine and culture? Yeah, I definitely like eating. <laughs> and I, quite early, I developed a taste and an interest for cooking and uh, cuisine, not just from, the, from Lyon or France, but... Uh, Yeah, I like eating, and uh, when I travel somewhere, I like to taste the, the specialties. You're from France. You're now living in Canada, mm -hmm. in the French part of Canada as well. But in my travels, Morgan, when I've come across French people in general, it's always been about wine. Yeah. <laughs> But you, re you really like beer. Uh -huh. So why beer, and, and what is beer to you? Yeah, I don't know much about wine actually i didn't like red wine until a few years ago uh, i grew up in the region of beaujolais but i'm really bad at recognizing the different types of wine or the grape varieties <laughs> but i was already interested in the in different uh, uh, fermented food products like cheese and bread it's a bit cliche for a french person but uh, <laughs> that's actually true and i think i I started uh, being interested in beer first when I went to Germany. I see. I, I was studying in Lyon for a, a master in food science, and I made an Erasmus semester in, uh, in Munich. Before that, I was just drinking commercial beer, like mm. every student, but I was not uh, <laughs> especially interested in it. In Munich, I really discovered good German beer, On the campus where I, I was studying, there was one of the oldest breweries in the world. It's Weihenstefan. And there, there was a, a brewing degree. And I was not studying in that field, but in food science. But we had um, a course in sensory analysis. And there, we were asked to, to taste beer during the course and to uh, analyze the taste, the taste of it. I think I found that interesting because when you go more in depth of something and you have to analyze the taste of it, like searching for banana aromas or malt or caramel, I found it really interesting. I also love the, the, the smell in the air in the, on the campus during brew days. <laughs> so I started to be interested in that. And also I, was, uh, I wasn't there during the Oktoberfest because it was not in, the, in this time of my semester. Mm -hmm. But I went to the Frühlingsfest. That's a, a smaller version of it. And I really loved the atmosphere. It was very friendly and warm. It changed my opinion about beer. 
<laughs> so you can thank the Germans for changing your opinions about beer. <laughs> uh, also, I yeah, after my studies, I I went back to Germany for my first job. I was working there as an engineer in uh, quality management in a salad uh, ready-to-eat salad company. That's where I I met my friend Michael, who was a home brewer, mm-hmm. and he introduced me to new kinds of beer, like American IPAs. Previously, he lived in Montreal, where there is there is a lot of home brewing there and uh, modern craft breweries. Uh, so I started homebrewing with him, and I really loved it. Mm-hmm. I like the creative part of it. And where is Michael from originally? Um, he's from France, from the south of France, from Marseille. Then he studied in Montreal, and he went to Tübingen in the south mm-hmm. southwest Germany, where we met. Yeah, so another French person mm-hmm. who fell in love with beer, but this time in Montreal rather than Munich. Yeah, yeah. It's like a virus when you start to be interested in beer, you discover that uh, (laughs) there's a lot of possibilities with beer. uh... It was this man, Mikhail, who I met because the two of you came over to the UK a few years ago and we met in Liverpool. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I remember you contacted uh, contacted me through couchsurfing. And was curious if I was able to show you a few fine real ale pubs that we have in Liverpool. We have many because in the UK, there's this organization called Camera, which is trying to keep the real ale scene Um, alive in the UK. And I imagine for you, Morgan, that real ale was a beer that you probably had not had too much experience with because it's quite a English Mm-hmm. style yeah yeah so when you came over were you very curious to explore this type of beer yeah it's very traditional casks are it's like small barrels where the beer is stored and served from but it's not pressurized and uh, it's not refrigerated so the beer is served uh, at room temperature with the uh, way less bubbles that mm. we are used to yeah it's very traditional in old pubs but uh, the popularity of it is decreasing. So there is camera, which try to preserve that. So some pubs are certified by camera and they also organize uh, festivals and, uh, and events where you can drink beer uh, only from casks. It's very unique to, to the UK. Some, some, I think some, uh, some breweries or some pubs here in the in Canada or in the US have sometime one line of beer from cask but uh, mm. that's not very traditional so it's interesting to to try the the real cask ale in, yeah i remember in uk when i took the two of you around we went to maybe half a dozen different places and you were very excited to see all the different new styles of beer that you never seen before and you were looking at the color you were sniffing mm-hmm. the top you were analyzing all the beers you and Mikhail <laughs> you were always taking a half pint which to me was very unusual because in the UK no one ever buys a half pint because you always buy the full pint but you explained to me that you both wanted to taste as many beers as possible without getting too drunk that was a good strategy yeah 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 exactly I'm not very big so I, I can get drunk <laughs> easily and I prefer to have a <laughs> A lot of different beers, that one beer that will get me drunk. What was your expectation about the English real ale? And then was that satisfied or was it better than you thought or worse than you thought? 
I really liked it. There are a lot of different styles in the, in the UK too. Actually, I think be before coming to Liverpool, we were um, having a pub walk in the in the Peak District. That was the, the reason of our visit in the in the region. It was a hiking trip for a few days. It's actually a popular thing. There are a lot of uh, pub walks in the in the UK. <laughs> you can hike from a pub to another in the countryside. <laughs> it was really beautiful. I, I love I love the the old pubs. Yeah. It's almost like you have to walk to the next pub to earn your reward yeah. and then walk to the next pub and then beer is your reward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good break in the day. In a, you can fight against uh, nettles around the, <laughs> along the way and, have a, and then have a, a nice beer. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like you like the whole beer tourism. When you go to countries, you like to sample the local beers. So I was curious, Morgan, You've been obviously studying in Germany, which is where your your love for beer originated. Mm -hmm. You've probably traveled around a few other countries, including the UK. So can you talk about where you've traveled through and what kinds of beers have you tasted along the way? Well, at the beginning, I traveled mostly through Europe because it was closer and cheaper for me. There are traditional region where the beer is very there is a very old tradition of brewing beers are more specific to a region like uh, in belgium or czech republic yeah of course germany and austria mm. i also went to um, a bit in, in scandinavia sweden and norway and then more recently i went to california there are very unique styles in, of beer in every country even if now it's mid, maybe more I think yeah, you, the beer from the U.S. has a very strong influence or on the on the beer we served in other country. We can find IPAs everywhere now. Mm. I like to to taste the traditional styles when I I go somewhere. Do you think that the type of beers that people drink in certain regions is influenced by the culture, or is the culture influenced by the beer? I think maybe both, but there are yeah some. I think the the countries which have a very old tradition of brewing are more uh, maybe a bit more conservative okay yeah in belgium uh, i spoke with a, a new bar owner in brussels he was opening a craft beer bar with new styles like ipas and uh, fruit beers and uh, <laughs> he told me that a lot of people were not happy with the the type of beer he served because they prefer yeah a lot of people prefer traditional belgian styles and it's the same in Germany. They have, they even have a, a law for protecting the the beer. It's called the Reinheitsgebot. So <laughs> it's <laughs> the purity law. So to be able to to call a drink a beer, you just have to to use a maximum of four of the four uh, main ingredients: yeah. water, yeast, malt, and uh, hops. Yeah, maybe I think some countries are a bit more. Uh, a bit more open to other types of beer, but it's also coming a bit everywhere now. I think uh, even in Germany now, there are a lot of new breweries making all sorts of, of beer. Yeah, I've had that same experience as you traveling around. I've found that a lot of German people, even ones that I have hosted here in the UK, I've taken them to a few bars in Liverpool, as I did with you. And mm -hmm. it might be a newer 
type of pub or bar that will have the more craft beers like the American style and influenced IPAs and things like that. Mm -hmm. The Germans, not always just Germans, but people who were coming from, like you were saying, more traditional beer regions would be quite happy to taste one of these new styles of beer, but they would always prefer to drink a traditional pills or a, 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 a vice beer or something that they're used to mm -hmm. from home. So I see this seems to be uh, a trend. Have you come across this as well when you've been traveling? People are attached to their traditional beer, and also in the in the US, there there are a big trend with the crazy beers like stouts with lactose and marshmallows and uh, <laughs> banana, all sort of things. But even in the in the US, they also coming back to the to the classics and. German lagers are trendy also, and uh, Czech pilsners. Mm. So I think it's moving and it's uh, it's fluid. And you can also like, I mean, when I, I drink a traditional style, I like it uh, to be quite authentic and close to the original beer from the, the country. But I'm, I also love to drink uh, more crazy stuff like sour beers with fruits or to play with the ingredients yeah i can imagine working in the industry being able to be creative with different ingredients and things can really be quite inspirational as well mm -hmm. i remember i was in st louis in america years ago and i stumbled across a brewery with a huge tap house joined to it and it had a menu that was from memory i think half orange and half blue i think it was mm -hmm. the orange beers down in the menu were all a traditional recipe and all the blue beers were like experimental crazy beers with herbs and spices and oh. fruits and all kinds of things in it so that actually made a lot of sense to me because if you were feeling like you wanted to have a traditional or a specific regional taste of a beer there were choices for you, but if you wanted to be a little bit more experimental and liberal, you could choose a, mm -hmm. a weird beer that might, it might be a more risky choice because you might not like it, but it'll be like a slap in the face of taste, you know? Yeah, maybe you will remember it more. <laughs> exactly. With all your travels, have you discovered that you have a particular favorite style of beer or a particular region of beer where you like the types of beers that they make there? I, I like most styles of beer. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think my least favorites are the heavy, very sweet ones, high in alcohol, like uh, maybe triple Belgian triples or barley wine. But otherwise, I like uh, sour beers, IPA, stouts, classic blonde ale. A place which was very interesting to me was uh, Norway because they have a very they have very unique beers. I think probably Scandinavia in general, but uh, I visited one brewery in particular in Oslo. Here in Norway, they have a very traditional style that used to be brewed in uh, in farms for the whole neighborhood. First, they didn't have uh, hops, which is primarily used for as preservative for the beer. So they used other types of uh, antimicrobial plants mm. like uh, juniper. So juniper is used for as an infusion 
to replace uh, the brewing water. And the, the branches are also used as filter during the brewing process. They also use a very unique uh, yeast named quike. Uh, that's a very tough yeast that you can, you can harvest it during the fermentation and uh, you can harvest it on a wooden stick or wooden ring and then leave it to dry and then reuse it uh, for the next batch of beer. And it gives a very unique taste, a very unique fruity taste. I found that very interesting. And when I visited Norway, I didn't have a car. So I didn't went to traditional farms or places where you can drink it. But uh, there is one brewery now in Oslo, which recreates those beer and uh, also had a, a modern twist. Wow. I've never been to Norway. So... Would you say that that beer that you were tasting in Norway is so unique or is it a little bit like another beer that people may have tasted before? I think it's it's quite unique because of the use of juniper mm. and the, this yeast is actually very is spreading now in the world because it's a very strong yeast and it's easy to use and it can ferment beer at very high temperature and very quickly. You can find quite yeast everywhere now but until there i didn't really find this uh, unique taste when i mean here in uh, in the brewery where i'm i'm working now we brew uh, an ipa with this yeast but uh, it doesn't taste the same as uh, what i tried in in norway right do you remember the name of the place you visited in norway where you tasted these beers uh yeah it's called aikotid uh, it means um oak and thyme and that's the name of the brewery? Yeah. Okay. And and that was in Oslo, in in the city centre or more on the outskirts? Uh, in the city centre. No, they have a tap room. They didn't have a tap room at this time. But yeah, it's a very nice place. I, I visited it and uh, I went there and uh, there were two salespeople that gave me a, a private tour of the, of the brewery. Nice. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it was very nice, very interesting. And they showed me a, a wooden bowl that we used to, to drink beer. It was a painted wooden bowl. It was uh, 250 years old. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> Very Viking style. <laughs> yeah. Have you had any funny stories where you've been traveling and tasting beers and there's been some kind of funny situation or you've made a faux pas oh. <laughs> or anything like that? Uh, well, that's a classic, but uh, once in Munich, I didn't specify what uh, size of beer I wanted. So they brought me a, a mass. That's a one whole liter of beer. <laughs> <laughs> says says the one who normally drinks a half pint, they give you a whole liter yeah, yeah. of beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's four times more. So it's, uh, yeah, it's drinkable, but I had to take my time and uh, until I reached the bottom, it has plenty of time to get warm. <laughs> exactly. And how did you feel after that? Mm, I think I felt okay, but I maybe it took me two, two hours to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> and was that uh, during one of the festivals you were at? Uh, no, I think it was in a beer garden. Right. And they just by default give you a whole liter of beer. Yeah. I remember I had to ask for a, a gross beer oh. <laughs> when, when I was in, in Munich. I think to get the big one, I had to ask for ask ask for the big beer. Ah, okay, yeah. Otherwise, it's normally yeah, it a depends, half liter. Yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. Which is more manageable. And also in in Germany, they also serve a, a drink called Banana Weizen, and uh, it's a Weizen beer is a is a wheat beer, 
So it's already tastes a bit like banana because of the yeast they use. And uh, they mix it with a uh, half banana juice. <laughs> mm. So it's beer and banana juice and it's quite heavy to drink. I didn't know you could get banana juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in the south of Germany, I actually was in Tübingen, funnily enough, oh. where you were studying because I had a friend there. Marion, who was studying also in Tübingen as well. It's a big student mm -hmm. town, isn't it, Tübingen? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very nice. We went around in Baden-Württemberg. Him and all his friends were obsessed with this Radler. Mm. And I'd never come across Radler before because in the UK, I don't think we have the weather to drink that kind of beer. And I asked, what is a, a, a Radler? And he said, it's like a mixture of a, a, a light beer Mm -hmm. with lemonade yeah and it's delicious and refreshing and in australia we kind of have that where we mix a beer with a lemonade and we call it a shandy mm. but in australia n no man would ever drink one of those otherwise he'd be called less of a man <laughs> okay <laughs> it's kind of like the you don't drink a half pint in the uk you drink a pint kind of thing mm -hmm. so anyway being in germany and being recommended this drink, I thought I should taste it. But I didn't really like it. It was mm -hmm. very, very sweet. I, I like a bitter beer. And this was like a very lemonade -y, sweet, fizzy beer. And also there were so many wasps around. And the wasps were obsessed with the sugars and the beers. <laughs> and they were going everywhere. It was nuts. Oh. So what do you think about uh, Radler? Because I imagine you must have had that during your time studying in Germany as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I think at the beginning I really liked Radler. It's a, at the at the time I didn't really like uh, bitter beer. It was my favorite kind of beer. During my first exchange in uh, in Germany in uh, high school, I really was in love with with Radler because it's so easy to drink. <laughs> but then I learned that it's actually Radler. It's uh, it's meant to to cycle. It's a Radler means a cyclist. It can be manly. <laughs> because it's uh, okay <laughs> i mean it's not as shameful because it's a beer that you have to drink while cycling mm. or during sports it's a light beer light in alcohol maybe it's, i think it's about three percent alcohol or even less instead of drinking water for during sport or after cycling you can have a, a radler <laughs> yeah okay well that makes yeah, sense. for me it's a bit too sweet but uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, it's quite sweet, but I uh, I like the the lemony taste of it. Mm. Now you've been exploring lots of places, specifically going to see what the beers are like there, and and actual breweries as well. So I was curious, Morgan, have you ever uh, have you got any favorite breweries or places that you've been specifically for the tasting of the beer? Where where are they, and why these places? Mm. Um. Actually, I really like the place where I'm working. They have a beautiful terrace. It's in front of the sea. So when it's open in the, in the summer and it's, well, just in, next to my, to my job. So after work, I can have a beer here. And uh, that's beautiful. You can see the, the, the ocean and you can watch the lobster fishing boats coming. I really like it. And I also like the the beer garden in uh, in Germany also because it's outside and uh, under the trees. I really like the the atmosphere of it. Mm. And there is also special food to accompany the beer. <laughs> and what is that? Beer and food. 
big pretzels, some sort of cheese uh, paste, a lot of uh, different um, meat. I mean, salami or things like, like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, potato salad. Delicious. <laughs> there are some, some sort of dishes that are only meant to, to be eaten in, uh, in beer gardens. And hence they give it its own word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you speak German, Morgan? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So you've got three languages now. Uh, or yeah, more. three. <laughs> and how are you finding speaking French in Quebec? Is, is it quite different from the French you speak in France or is it normal for you? Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of expressions are different. That's funny because they are, um, yeah, Quebec is uh, promoting French speaking. Uh, most of the, for example, film uh, movie titles are only in French, mm. but also in the in the day life they they use a, a lot of uh, English words. Yes, but it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of words are different, or a lot of uh, yeah they, they use some word that you that we don't use anymore in in France. Yeah, I've oh. heard. Some people have described it as it's like speaking Shakespearean English, uh, <laughs> like English that we used to speak about 400 years yeah. ago. So, yeah, for some reason. Yeah, a lot of the words have uh -huh, evolved. Exactly. <laughs> so you're now working at a brewery in rural Quebec called Pit Caribou. Mm -hmm. So I was curious, how exactly did you get to working in this brewery? What were the steps in involved in i imagine there must have been some kind of qualification did you come to canada specifically for working in a brewery are you with a sponsorship and importantly i was very curious are there that many female brewers mm. so i was working in the yeah, after after working in the food industry I decided that I wanted to make something more concrete and then work in, in beer professionally. So I found a job uh, in Lyon in a, in a microbrewery. Uh, and I worked there for almost two years, but I was applying for a visa in, uh, in Canada. It's a, a lottery. Mm. So I didn't exactly know when I would get it. But in this time, I, I met the owner, the former owner of the of Pit Caribou in France. He was visiting uh, some friends and uh, making some collaboration brews in France. So I met I met him here and I uh, told him about the, the visa. And uh, I really wanted to work in uh, in Canada and in Quebec because here there is a lot of interesting microbreweries. He offered me to work for him for a few months when I would get my visa. So when I got it, it was the, he was the first person I, I asked for a job. Mm. And I didn't really know the, the region of Gaspésie. And yeah, it's very rural, but uh, that's a beautiful region. So when I arrived here, I, I really liked it. And I arrived in the, in the middle of winter. It was very special because uh, that's a touristic reg region here. But in the win winter... There is not much happening here, and it's very cold and very <laughs> snowy. But not much happening, but a lot of yeah, snow. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like the, I like the the view and the the sympathy of people and the brewery, and I was le learning a lot of a lot of new things because they have a, 
a lot of different beers and uh, they put beer in, uh, in oak barrels and make sour beer. So I decided to, to stay there instead of changing uh, breweries every six months as, uh, as, I, as I planned at the, at the beginning. Also, the, the pandemic happened, so mm. I was uh, better here in the rural Quebec than in the city. A bit safer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One not that much impacted here. And uh, yeah, for the female brewers, there are not that many, but uh, there are more and more. Uh, it's still a very masculine uh, industry, but uh, it's, uh, it's also evolving. And there is an association of women involved in, in the craft beer industry. It's called the uh, Pink Boot Society. Okay. So they gather, they make uh, events or festivals, and uh, there, are, there is a forum where, where you can ask questions about uh, beer or the a beer business. Yeah, but it's still very masculine. There was recently there was uh, like uh, some sort of bomb exploding in the craft beer community because uh, a lot of women reported the uh, sexist discrimination or harassment wow. um, on an Instagram account. They told about uh, moments where they were they were victims of uh, discrimination in the brewery in the US. Okay. But they have a growing presence in craft beer. Yeah. If somebody asked you in the street, what do you do? And you said, I'm a brewer. Mm -hmm. What would be their reaction typically? Um... They are, they are impressed. <laughs> it leads to too many questions. And uh, yeah, I think it's not very usual now to, to see female brewers. Yeah, people like it. I think a lot of people like beer. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to connect yeah, with yeah, people. Yeah. You're the beer expert and they yeah, like to drink definitely. beer. So lots of questions uh -huh. will come. It's also more <laughs> easy to to visit breweries at a, as a brewer. But the craft beer community is very open and uh, willing to share. So when you go to a brewery and say that you're a brewer, that's, uh, there is a good chance that you will get a, a tour of the brewery or the people will offer you some beer. Wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice community. Do you have to just say that you're a brewer or do you have to like have a little <laughs> ID card that says, I'm a brewer? Uh, no, I don't have that. I think they, they trust us. <laughs> <laughs> I might try yeah. that next time I go to a nice brewery somewhere. I'll say, hey, I'm, I'm actually a brewer. a brewer. Can I get some free beer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will probably work. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try it. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how has your traveling influenced the way you brew beer? I'm just curious because I'm thinking if you're at Pit Caribou, if you're able to, let's say, let's create a brand new beer or let's create a mm -hmm. our own version of maybe a traditional style of beer. Has traveling influenced you and given you ideas of certain things you might want to try in the future with making beer? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think when you, you travel, you have the, the opportunity to try the authentic version of a beer. Like, uh, like we said in the UK, I tried the traditional English, uh, English beers and cask beer. Also in Germany, I I tried the the most uh, authentic version of the of Weiss beer or lagers, so it's easier to reproduce a recipe when you have tried the authentic version of it. I think, and also 
yeah, you can take some inspiration from other country. Like I would like also to try a, a Nordic type of beer with juniper and a, a raw beer. You can also play with the different ingredients. For example, I made a beer with apricot and verbena. Here people were quite surprised of this association of uh, fruit and herbs. I think in France it's it's original, but it's quite common association, apricot and, and verbena. I already ate it in ice creams, for example. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, uh, I know it's go, it goes well together. So I think it's, uh, you can get some good inspiration to while traveling for, for brewing mm. new beers. When I was traveling in Belgium a few years ago now, I'd never heard of this, but my friend was telling me about the, the trappist, the, the beer that is brewed by monks. Mm-hmm. And it's part of their duties and obligations to make beer. And the beer they make is special beer, and it's really delicious. Mm-hmm. That whole idea blew me away because I'd never come across anything like that growing up in Australia, where beer is like religion, and part of their religious or meditative duties is to make beer, delicious beer. <laughs> what do you think about that? As a brewer, I'm sure you're aware of the, the Trappist styles of beers and, and the monk beer and how it has... Mm-hmm. mostly in Belgium, but some in the Netherlands, and also apparently there's a place in the UK too. Would you ever see brewing beer as a religion, or can you see how that could happen? What's your thoughts on that? The the aspect of it is very traditional, but it's it's funny because I I would love I would love to to see how it looks like because we imagine the monks with the <laughs> in a very traditional setting and the, but. I mean, if they produce uh, big quantities of beer, it's probably like it probably looks like a, a regular brewery with a stainless <laughs> and a gumboots. And <laughs> so I would love to to see that, but I think I wouldn't be allowed to visit a brewery as a woman. A, a colleague told me that he wanted to to visit a Trappist brewery with a, a female friend, and uh, she wasn't allowed in the brewery because there are monks. Right. No distractions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Wow. But it's interesting. I think. Yeah. I think it's important to to keep uh, such old traditions too. Mm. With all your travels around Europe and afar, have you discovered where the biggest beer drinkers are? Mm, I think it's in Czech Republic. I think per per capita, I, I read that they they drink about in average uh, 150 liters per person and per year. <laughs> That's crazy, but uh, wow! Yeah, I think uh, I can understand because the the beer is very cheap there and delicious. Yeah, delicious and easy drinking. And there were also places historically where it was safer to drink beer than uh, water. Because beer is boiled and uh, it has antiseptic proper properties. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in medieval times in the UK too, when water was poisonous most of the time. Mm-hmm. They would drink yeah. wine. Even children would drink wine and and various alcoholic beverages because that was at mm-hmm. least something to drink, where the water would mm-hmm. probably kill them. Crazy. Yeah. Imagine if that happened now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We would be drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right, Morgan, it's time for... My favourite four. Morgan, are you ready? Uh, yeah. 
What is your favorite food or cuisine or drink? Oh, I think I like, uh, I love Italian cuisine. I thought you were going to say beer. <laughs> yeah, beer, of course. Also, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Italian dish? I like, of course, I like pizza. <laughs> also, all sorts of pasta. Mm. What is your favorite airline? Airline? Mm. Oh, I think I like, yeah, I didn't use that many airlines, but I I think, well, Air France has a good, uh, <laughs> good food on board. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I, I also like uh, Lufthansa. No doubt. Germany. Yeah. They know how to fly. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite foreign word? So when I say foreign word, it won't be foreign to you, for example, because you already speak three languages. But to an English person, a non-English word, do you have a favorite foreign word? I think I like the German word uh, gemütlich. It's, uh, there is no good translation in English, but it means uh, cozy and warm and friendly. Okay. And, and would that yeah. describe like a restaurant or a house or a person or a ambiance or something yeah more an ambiance or a pub they say it for example in the yeah in the Oktoberfest they say uh, gemütlichkeit and it means friendliness and uh, warmness in the atmosphere yeah i'm surprised it's not a it's not yet a trendy world like uh, hugo or <laughs> Yeah, Probably it's a concept. A little bit harder to say. I mean, hygge is already hard enough for English people to say. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> those extra syllables in German make it even harder. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, they can make very long words. <laughs> and lastly, what is your favorite film? Mm, I really like Back to the Future. Number one? Back to the Future. Ah, uh, yeah. The first one. Yeah, that's a good mm -hmm. one classic well there you go smash that my favorite four morgan i wanted to ask you do you think beer is a good way to make connections with other people when traveling uh yeah definitely i think it's a, a good way to to break the ice between people first of all because we are a bit uh, disinhibited <laughs> thanks to the alcohol <laughs> and um also because I think uh, beer is a very popular and uh, accessible drink. It's not as, uh, to me, it's not as formal as wine. It's uh, more affordable and uh, almost everyone likes beer. It's a good, it's a good way to, uh, to meet with people, to have a beer together. Yeah, totally. Now, after COVID, where would you like to go travel outside of Canada, maybe, mm -hmm. and experience beer and culture in the future when it's possible? I would like to visit uh, South America because I, ne I never went there and it seems very different. I would like to go to Mexico and Cuba. Yeah, it's not too far. And uh, also for the past years, I traveled mostly in uh, cold, uh, cold countries. <laughs> so I would enjoy a little bit of warmth and sun. Mm -hmm. more related to beer uh i would love to see the in in finland there is a sati brewing competition with a very yeah that's a a beer also made with juniper and um there is a, a competition once a year where 
people gather to to brew very small batches in uh, in wooden uh, barrels, and it seems nice to see. Do you think if you say you're a brewer, you'll get in for free to those places as well? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's very very far. Yeah, it will. I think yeah. I will. I don't know if I don't know how how much it costs. I'm not. Uh, I didn't check it in in depth yet, but uh, <laughs> it would be just interesting. Right. So you are working now at the brewery called Pit Caribou, mm-hmm. and where exactly is that? Uh, what's the name of the town that it that it is in, and and how will people get there if they wanted to come and see you and taste the beers that you're making? It's in so in Gaspésie. It's a very at the very end. It's the end of the land. <laughs> I think the the biggest town nearby is uh, Gaspé, and uh, in the native uh, native language, it means uh, the the end of the land. Pit Caribou is situated ne- next to Percé, which is a quite touristic city, and it's famous for its big rock in the in the sea. There is a a rock with the the hole in it, mm-hmm. and Percé means uh, pierced. So Pit Caribou is right right next to the this city. There is a the Pit Caribou pub in the in Percé, mm-hmm. and the brewery is a bit further, maybe ten a ten minutes drive from there. Nice. Well, Morgan, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been a great chat, and yeah, hopefully one day I can get back traveling again, and we can maybe meet and have another beer. Oh yeah, I would love that. Thank you for hosting me. Thanks for listening to the Nostalgic Vagabond. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation. And if you would like to listen to other interesting talks on travel, there are more podcasts available. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts. And for updates, just follow me at The Nostalgic V. Don't forget, your journey is special. Own it. I've been Alan Hill. Until next time. Hey guys, if you enjoy listening to The Nostalgic Vagabond, why not support the podcast? If you haven't already, subscribe, and you'll be notified when new apps drop. You can also support the podcast by leaving a rating or a review on your podcast app. Why not share this episode? Tell your friends about it if something resonated with you. Word of mouth is great promotion. If you're into social media, maybe post a screenshot of the episode or upload the link on your profile so your mates can see what interesting content you've been into lately. All your support comes straight back and helps to keep the travel content and nostalgia of this podcast going. Cheers. So don't forget to subscribe.